to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. I'm your host, Gail Nicole, founder and coach at SheVenturesNow.com, where I help single millennial women level up in their career, their confidence, and their creativity. In today's episode, I have a dear friend and fellow mastermind member, Devondra Brown. She is an author, speaker, a wife and a mom, and owner of Spice Up Marriages, a company dedicated to making the best sex ever. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, I see you smiling on the other end of your earphones. It's an amazing interview because she shares her startup journey and increasing her online footprint and expertise and definitely developing her brand and her business. And I'm I'm so um, stoked in you listening because I know you're going to glean wisdom. I know you're going to glean mindset shifts and I know you're going to be able to just be encouraged and refreshed by her perspective. So without further ado, listen in and take note. Hello, Devondra. Thank you so much for joining me on the She Ventures Now podcast. I'm so thankful to have you. Hey, Gayon. Thanks for having me. I am truly appreciative of the invite. So I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I am grateful that we kind of connected through uh, Think and Grow Chick Mastermind. And we, since, since connecting there, we've I guess, increased our bond through the WAM, the weekly accountability meeting. And even with that, I feel like we've increased our bond just because I love your personality. I love what you have to give. I love how much you've created um, a business around your expertise as a, is it sexologist or how do you, how do you self-describe? So I self-describe as a marriage and sex coach. Um, okay. So for, for the bigger audience, usually I just say I'm a relationship expert that specializes in marriages and their sexuality. Okay. But yeah. So sexologist is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step on your toe. If, however you describe, I would lef- definitely love for you to introduce yourself, share your bio, and also your business startup story. Okay, super. So, um I, uh, right now, I own Spiced Up Marriages. Spiced Up Marriages is a full service um, company that caters to the sexuality and the satisfaction of that sexuality within marriages. So in the confines of the married boudoir. Um, And so we do that through online classes and uh, coaching sessions, as well as some events and soon to be getting some retreats on the um, market. So I'm excited nice. about that. That's coming up within the next year or so. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm also an author. I've authored Alphabet Gumbo, Spice Up Your Sex Pot. That was my debut book. I'm working on a follow-up that hopefully will debut in, in 2018. Um, I'm a mom. I have been an, a serial entrepreneur now probably since the age of 15, 16. Yeah. So, yeah, so that that when we talk about startup and biz startup, we'll have to go a long way back. <laughs> For sure, yeah. A long way back, but uh, I've definitely had the entrepreneur bug since young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and so as on as far as it comes with sexuality and spiced up marriages, I've been teaching it in sexuality for years. Spiced up marriages has been in existence for a little over a year now. Um, I will be presenting at the second annual Black Women's Health Conference 
in New Orleans. Um, Yay. I'm super excited about that. That's pretty good. That's like a major thing, isn't it? It is. I'm excited about having that um, under my belt. And then I also will present at the first annual uh, retreat for the Sisterhood of Wives. Nice. That'll be nice. I'm excited about those things that are coming up. I don't have my wife card yet, but I would love to have joined that first annual Sisterhood of Wives event. But (laughs) we have to do a Sisterhood of Singles. We might have. Hey, that's hey. All right, thank you. (laughs) So, what would you say your what phase of business are you in right now? Because it sounds like you're pretty established. Yeah, I would say I'm established. When it comes down to spiced up marriages, I feel like I'm probably a veteran startup because the the brand itself has only been in existence about a year and four months. Right. Uh, but as an entrepreneur, I would say, yeah, I would be very established. Um, but I, I wanted to cater to marriages in this iteration just because of where I am in life and in faith and in the journey that I'm taking um, so yeah, I would say right now I would, I would be a veteran startup with spice up marriages if I had to label it. Nice. Nice. I like how you paired two, two words that are sort of opposites, <laughs> but it's, it's like an oxymoron. I'm a veteran startup. <laughs> no, but I get it. What, what you're saying, you bring such a, a wealth of experience and you have such a history with being a counselor to married marriages, married couples, and to relationships, and obviously to sexuality. So you starting up is not necessarily you doing something different other than creating your own entity. I get that. So why don't we move into an, another question? I think this is kind of like a juicy question because a lot of what I'm trying to create with my podcasting with a lot of, you know, new entrepreneurs, millennial entrepreneurs, new startups, whether they're veteran startups or not, is creating a space where you can share stories where you blundered, right? Where you feel like, man, you kind of blunt, you blundered and it was a, there was a lesson learned in it. So it wasn't even like a failure in and by itself, but there, there was a failure. Does that make sense? Understood. What would you say would be your best failure moment thus far? Hmm. So I think one of the reasons that I say veteran startup is because for this one, I feel like I'm being way more strategic about foundation of a business. Yeah. When I think back to my biggest blunder, it would be not having that foundation. Mm. I ran a business called Insatiability. What was it called? Sorry. Insatiability. And so let's start there, right? Because that was the other thing. So me and my whole sex-driven mind, I totally understood that. Um, The rest of the world, my customers, however, did not. (laughs) And so it was a horrible lesson in marketing and paying attention to my customers and what they would want and what they would feel that they were connected to. So while I, and at the time, what I was doing was um, adult toy parts. And so while I was always booked with adult parts, uh, these parties, I was never called or branded by insatiability because nobody could understand it. Nobody could spell it. No. Nope. Yes. <laughs> so that was the biggest moment. Like, okay, I have got to start listening to my customers before all of this yeah. and get into business coaching masterminds before, you know, major, major internet connections, you know, web connections that you can make with all of these people, 
before then I was in spaceshipability and no one knew what the heck that meant. And so that was a huge yeah. That's so that's a that's actually a really good lesson to share. Yes. It's really good. Thank you for yes. being willing to share that. All right. So what are you what would you say so far? I mean, again, the whole veteran startup is 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 actually it's actually really good. Throughout your journey, what were some of the thought patterns you had to overcome or aha moments you've had about entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest one, and this was was, was a little bit crazy for me because I felt like I never was afraid or had fear, but I realized the deeper I got, the more I was into really creating a business and not just the side hustle or yeah. a hobby. Yeah. And the fear did creep up. The more that I had to say, I want to rely on this as a full-time stream of income. I want to rely on this as when people think about sexuality, um, sexuality and their marriage, sexuality and preparing for marriage. I want them to think Devondra Brown. That was scary because you then put yourself out there and you're making your face the brand. And making that transition as a coach was very difficult. It was very difficult. And it did bring out the fear that I didn't think that I had. I didn't think I was so fearful. I mean, how, who can be afraid when they're walking around with a t uh, literally a trunk full of adult toys? Like, you know, you can't be afraid of much when that's your life. But when you start realizing like <laughs> you are being synonymous with this sex and these toys and this whole bedroom thing, you're like, oh my God, wait. Like, <laughs> is this really what I want? <laughs> Um, so it brings out those fear, those fear levels that you didn't probably didn't even know you had, you know, so right. that's one of the things. For me. So I hear you saying latent fears kind of emerge the more you realize this is something you wanted to do. And I also hear you saying you had to own the fact that you were the face of your brand. Yes. Right. And all that that encompassed. That's what I, I hear you saying. That for years. I fought that for years. I really? logo after logo and kept trying to figure out how I was going to put my, you know, put that out there and the brand out there before me. Like I, I always knew I wanted to build this bigger um, platform and I wanted to get coaches under me and I wanted to get, you know, a team of nice. people here doing this and, you know, facilitating the same type of education. So I didn't want to be the face of that. And it took a lot of reading and indoctrination into what it is to be an entrepreneur yeah. and then create the brand. Like, I nice. think even, you know, our business coach tells us very clearly, like, you have to be the face first and then start building the platform under you. Like, somebody has to connect to you. Even McDonald's connected to, you know mcdonald himself before it was this big entity that we know of as young you know so yeah yeah so yeah that was huge that was that was a huge transition for me to realize that i had to be the face of it all yeah and and i can see it's funny because i think if i could speak just a little liberally about how people need to uh i guess cross thresholds in becoming an entrepreneur. I think for so long, especially if you come from a corporate American background, you're, it's so easy to be play behind the scenes, right? It's so easy to kind of fulfill your little role in the bigger spoke, uh, in the bigger wheel that's already running. And when you come and you play, you, you transition to being an entrepreneur and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's harder to be like, all right, I'm going to be on the forefront and the back, 
in the back front, you know? It's harder to say, like, no, 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 you're the face, and you're also the manager, you're also the assistant, you're also the, you know, like, you just sometimes want to play the same role and just have somebody else assume who the face is. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, I'm honestly, that's spot on, because I actually look for other people. I was like, what if I just get models and I have this, this model? I'm so sorry. That is so genius. <laughs> people do this. No, you know that people do this though, right? So I was like, what if I have this model couple and that is the face of Spice Up Marriages and then I don't have to be anybody else. Like I can prep them for interviews and they'll go out and they'll be my spokesperson. I was like, this is just crazy, Devontra. You can't do this. Like, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. By osmosis, give all the information that you have to to random people. Like, it's not going to (laughs) work like that. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, I know somebody who's a a real estate entrepreneur and and she put together commercials that used other people. See? And it's like, it worked. And it's so interesting. And I'm not saying that works for everyone, but it's so interesting. Like, not, that doesn't work for every brand. That doesn't, that doesn't work for every brand. And I had to realize that when it came down to intimacy, and being very, per- this is a very personal subject mm-hmm. that they wanted to make sure that they had somebody that they can confide in, that they knew, you know, where I received my expertise from, how did I come to this point? They needed to feel comfortable and able to, to talk to and divulge some of the information that I get. And so I saw that. I saw that very quickly once I did put myself in the forefront, did more Facebook Lives, did more online training, got out there in the community, all of a sudden inboxes, you know, blowing up because really? now they know who it is. They know who they're talking to and who they're connecting with and they're connecting with me. And now, you know, I'm okay with that now, but it definitely took, it took some time. Yes. You know, it took time. It does. It does take time. All right. Well, I don't want to cut your, your aha moments section short. Is, are there any other aha moments you've had? know if I had too many more aha moments I think overall um, I came to a lot I came to I guess my own aha and epiphany over the last few years around what it is that I am really even doing in my service what it is that I'm even offering to other people and what that really is or what my mission I guess is is to decrease the sexual ignorance of this society talk about it this is a perfect segue because we were going to talk go into um your expertise so please talk about that go ahead okay so super so that's what i realized i realized after you know teaching juveniles and teaching people that were incarcerated all about their sexuality and things like that and then transitioning from there to college um college students about, you know, sexually transmitted disease uh, prevention and things like that, transitioning from there into selling sex toys and, you know, getting myself to grad school and all those types of things. Yeah. I just continued to realize, like, the issue at no matter what age, no matter what socioeconomic level, no matter what education level, people are sexually ignorant. Mm -hmm. We are sexually inundated in this country it's everywhere you see boobs and butt everywhere people are now apparently there's now this beard group that's on facebook and a and a gray sweatpants group that's on facebook because people are women are actually crotch watching now did you know this 
This no, is actually, I don't. I, I, I think I faintly heard of a beard group. I didn't pick up on what it was, what it represented. Could you well, explain what that is? So there's this huge group. The beard group came out saying, okay, people just wanted to say hi. You know, these beards are sexy. They're hot. But apparently right after that came out, there was a gray sweatpants group that came out. And now women are outwardly crotch watching. Now, I have said this for years that we do this. <laughs> I've said this for years that people are like, oh my God, you're so nasty, Devondra. But this is the kind of sex inundated life that we live and it's coming to the forefront now because more people are all about reality TV and you know, yeah. be, be transparent and everything's on social media. But we're still sexually ignorant. Like we still yeah. don't understand a lot of the mechanics, a lot of the emotional content, a lot of the physiological things that happen the psychological things that happen when we're talking about sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so we are very sex ignorant. Um, and it's making it difficult to have very healthy relationships, even with yourself, let alone right. as a couple. So that's what, that's what I, that's my mission. That's what I, I get out of this. That's what I give back to the country, the right. world, really. Right. Yeah. I like so that. This. Uh -huh. this is really good. So, okay. So how would you say um, a lot of, how do you help a lot? Because a lot of my audience are millennial women. I mean, that's who I target. I help millennial women take quantum leaps and personal change, particularly in their career, particularly in leveling up their love life. So that would be more of like a dating coaching type context. And then if they want to, if they have a creative idea or a venture or a business that they'd like to be starting up, I kind of help them make the first jump. What I want to hear, especially to the singles, I want to hear from you, how do you help singles get prepared for real relationship or, you know, how do you help them be sexually educated? Yeah, definitely. So I do a lot of sexual health education across the board. Um, things about like unprivatizing your private parts, right? I'm big on, no, it's funny, don't laugh, Dan. Dan, we're supposed to be serious here. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know that you had these terms yes, yes. in my head. Like I was like, I'm yeah, sorry. That's what happened. But right. I want you to laugh. I want you to giggle. Get the giggles out. I tell people that all the time. Get the giggles out. It's fine. Um, Your private parts. But we have to, you know, women, especially single women, we're not taking the time. We may even be masturbating. God knows I have enough of people that will buy toys and gadgets and stuff from me. But I don't know how often I have to sit and say, stop with the toys and the extras first and learn your own private parts. Learn it. Get a mm -hmm. mirror out, sit in front of it, like literally old school, 13-year-old, you know, like I need you to learn it all. Yes, I need yes. you to do anatomy on yourself and understand all of your parts what they do and so we talk about in detail like what is it that you can get out of um yeah knowing and understanding your clitoris understanding the location of your clitoral hood mm -hmm. understanding your labia and what should i mean like literally everything every mm -hmm. single part um wow. I think that's something that single women that i work with single women i think that's something that they really need um understanding a sexual brand when you're single um you really should have your own understanding of what it is and who you are sexually. Not what someone else has put on you. 
Um, because I think that we have that in a society, you know, from young, we have people placing sexuality on us. Um, you know, they, I, I take my daughter, for instance, my daughter right now is two. Um, and she's shapely for two. I mean, she's thick. She get it from her mama. So, you know, <laughs> so funny. She's, she's, she's wonderfully shaped at two, but she's two. She's not sexual. She's her, her mind isn't going there. She's just a two year old. Right. Yeah. Yet I have adults that will play sexuality on her and say, Oh girl, look at that rump back there. And that, you know, and they not, they don't mean, they don't mean that. Yeah. But ultimately that's what you're doing because you're placing her in the mind of a 20 year old that has quote unquote assets in the rear end. That's what you're doing. Yeah. In your head, you've already done that. And so what happens is, is we grow up in the sexual branding and the eyes of other people and then just become this sexual person, but we don't take it and reclaim it and say, no, this is my sexual brand. I like that. Yeah. 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 We do it all along the spectrum, all along the age group. We do it to boys. You know, we tell boys like, oh, you're going to be hung. Yeah. You got to do this. You got to be the player. You know, the minute that's deep. Wow. Right. I mean, just think about it. The minute one boy is hanging with five girls, the first thing somebody pulls him out and says, oh, you a player, huh? I understand. Mm hmm that you're sexualizing this child that is literally like, look, I just have friends and they just happen to be female. Mm-hmm. You know? So when I think about a sexual, when I think about singles, by the time you're saying, okay, I'm a single, but I do want to be in a relationship at some point. What is it that I need to do to prepare myself? You have to know thyself. And that includes sexually. Right. And so we work through sexual branding and what that is. I have, um, I've dubbed five sexual brands that we work through and we align that person with their sexual brand. And then we start working to how do they exhibit that? How does that look in, um, in a setting that they are dating or how does it look like in a work? What does it look like in a work setting? Whatever it is, because you have to own your sexual brand. And that could include a lot of different pieces. Wow. This is like so interesting. I want to pick your brain some more, <laughs> but I don't want you to divulge all your goods. <laughs> Um, so wait, what's the title of your book? Do you go into detail in in your book? So Alphabet Gumbo was, um, it is spice up your sex pot. So what it is, is it's literally an A to Z relationship kind of, uh, romance recipe book. So it gives you all these romance ideas, how to connect with your partner. And then, um, cause it's geared toward couples, but then the, for each letter, there's also a single side item. And so it's for the single that wants to get ready for a relationship and how do they prepare for that sexually and things like that. Like, what do they need to know? What things do they need to keep in mind? Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a great book. It doesn't go into the sexual brand at all. Um, oh. I don't have to be a book for another day, but um, it does prepare you literally for romance and great mm-hmm. sex life in your, in your relationship. Got it. Who would you say, Devondra, you know, as you're talking, I'm just like, who would you say were mentors to you or are uh, peer experts for you in your space, in your niche? Yeah, so sexuality-wise, definitely I look to um, 
one of the legends, Betty Dodson. Betty Dodson has been a huge pro-sex worker for years. Um, I mean, God, I think she's in her 80s now and still literally, hate to use the, the pun, but still banging it out, literally and figuratively. She's still teaching. She's still married. She's still doing it all. Um, and she's just a wonderful person. So her and her, her direct um, mentor and now colleague, or mentee and now colleague is um, Carlin Ross. And so they have a website, DotsonandRoss.com. Um, they're definitely two that I look up to. Got it. For the sex positive work. Got it, got it, got it. Um, you know, old school head, Dr. Ruth, that's where I started learning a lot of the information that I knew as a teenager. Dr. Ruth, Bob Berkowitz, people like that, that was really putting out there, um, Masters and Johnson, putting out there what it is to have good sex and um, that it wasn't just what you see, um, the vulgarness that you see on pornography and things like that. That's not the end all to a good sex life. Right. So, yeah. so those are definitely some, but we have a good bit. Like right now I'm on the search and the hunt. And so God knows if this reaches the ears of your listeners, um, send them my way, but I'm on the search for African-American sexologists and sex therapists. Um, I've connected with a few of them through social media. So I'm looking forward to, um, to bringing them in the fold or, or being in their fold and, and us sharing notes and getting out there on that platform, because I believe that, you know, for African-Americans, we have a lot of, of uh, things that go against us sexually. Uh, I mean, going back even times of slavery and- Wow, yeah. Like that, there's a lot of things that, that won't allow us to be sexually free sometimes that we really have to unfold and unpack. So- um, Yeah. Looking forward to that. Can you speak to one thing that, that comes up recurrently that doesn't allow for a lot of sexual freedom? Maybe just one thing. I, don't, I know that there's a lot and I don't want to dive. I don't want to, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want you to consult on the spot, but just to g- kind of give us a little treat. So one of the things that I believe is a huge, um, uh, I guess, remnant, remnant of slavery um, that is adverse sexually is how marriages, black men want to treat their black women. Um, and I say it almost, I think when I explain it, you'll understand that I'm not meaning it as a negative. Mm -hmm. I think because of slavery and we saw a lot of our black men saw the misuse of black women and the abuse of black women and don't want to be associated with that all, especially our, you know, our good black men, they don't want to be associated with that. Then they go through and they get this, um, this almost goddess motherly type person to marry and then that's the person and they put them in this um, queendom and don't want to deface them or defile them and so then they feel like they're married and they have to stay on this pedestal and their wife can't be their quote-unquote slut and be their sex slave because they don't want to treat them how the masters treated them Mm. they don't want to treat them um, in a vile or vulgar way and not understanding that you know, once now we're removed. Secondly, we're ordained to have the types of sex that we want to have within a marriage and that that's where it should be and that you're doing it out of respect and, you know, out of enjoyment and satisfaction and not uh, out of defaming or um, 
putting someone down, putting your wife down. So it's that, that, you know, that releasing us as sexual beings to be as free and open and freaky as you want to be within your marriage. That's um, so interesting. May not be there all the time. And that's just one, that's just one thing. That, right. You know, sometimes right. I run into, because there's obviously the complete opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that men do. And that's, like I said, once again, that's just one thing that I talk about when we talk about unpacking sexuality and um, the slave experience. Wow. I never knew that. I never knew that. That is so interesting. All right. So are you ready for rapid fire questions? Cause that's what I have for you right now, but I just, I'm really intrigued by your work. I have to say this, like I'm even pausing right now just to let myself mini digest a lot of what you said. You know, I'm gonna call you after this, this interview. <laughs> but, um, but um, I definitely want to transition to rapid fire questions. And I want you to know that the rapid fire questions are really just uh, quick questions to get short answers out of you on your perspective of being a veteran startup, right? And you going through the entrepreneurial experience. So if, if I ask you to, if it's a juicy enough answer and I ask, hey, unpack that, then you can obviously elaborate. But for the most part, you keep it short. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So the first question is, is if business operations and branding were in a boxing match, who do you think Devondra would win? Ooh, business operations branding. Business ops. Okay. Okay. Number two, you've been given the task of writing the manual on entrepreneurship. According to Devondra, page one says what? Throw out the rest of the book and go fight. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> it really is like this though. That's Figure so it out on your own. Yeah, because it's it's hard. Uh, yeah. It's hard. And there's no book to it. It's like parenting. Yes. Number three, the cost of starting up a business, and this, this term cost, I'm using it loosely, so it's not just exclusively money. I want you to talk about all of the costs for you okay. so far of starting a business has been what? Time um, and time and support. Like, I think that's a lot of it, needing the support of others, how much I lean on my husband, friends, um, new friends, old friends, new friends like you, business, you know, business associates, uh, that's a huge cost. If you don't have that network, um, your net worth will always be zero, honestly. Number four, great customer service according to you is? Honest, but assertive. So I want to make sure that the customer gets what they want to get, but I also want to be honest enough to say that may not be what you want or what you need. Okay. Yeah. Next question is, (laughs) okay. Next question is number five. What's your personal philosophy on sales? Don't sell serve. What does that mean? So don't sell something like you're not, I don't have. Oh, don't sell, I, serve. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not selling things. I don't have, I'm not looking at my sales all the time of how much money I'm making. I'm really trying to focus a lot more on how many people I'm reaching and how many people I'm serving and are they getting out of me what they need to get out of me? And then I can see my sales usually go through the roof. Okay. Is that the question though? Because maybe I didn't answer it. You did, you did, you did answer it. Okay. 
So really quick question, and I'm just going to pause real quick. Hello? I don't hear you. I just lost you. I can see your lips moving, but I just lost Can you me. hear me now? Yes, I can. You can hear me. Okay. I can now, yes. Of course you could hear me, but I just, I felt like my microphone wasn't on. I'm so it sorry. It wasn't for a second. I saw your lips moving, but I, I didn't hear you for a second, but now I do. Okay. The sixth question is, is who's your business mentor? Courtney. Right cool. now. Everyone doesn't know who Courtney is, so you can describe her. <laughs> so, Think and Grow Chick. So, so this is funny, right? So Think and Grow Chick, I found um, Courtney Saunders uh, sometime, I guess, middle of last year, or just kind of stalked her on Facebook and her thinkandgrowchick.com and um, interviewed for her to be a coach. And then I was like, no, that's not really what I want. So, well, we'll see. And then a few months later, I was like, no, 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 she is what I want. She has everything. <laughs> like, that's the mastermind. Like, she offered this mastermind group and I've jumped in full throttle. Um, and so right now she is definitely my business mentor. I look up to her. I look at the platform that she has. I love the fact that she is a millennial woman doing it her way and, um, you know, basically gave the boot to corporate America to create her own corporation. So I love it. Nice, 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 nice. And the last question is this, what has been your greatest success moment so far? Wow. Greatest success moment so far. I would say so far it would be the launch of the book. I don't I didn't necessarily yes. know that I ever wanted to author a book. And when I started, it was with a lot of blank promises from someone who was supposed to help me. And then that fell by the wayside. It did not happen. And the fact that I made it and made it come to reality and, and here's the book there. And I launched it in two different states in three different locations. Um, it was awesome to get endorsements. I actually had a store to buy a um, case of my books to put on the shelf. Like that was a huge accomplishment. Dude. And when did this book get launched? When did you launch that? Um, so what is this? 2012, I believe. Wow. Years now. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats to that. You know, kudos. I know that writing a book is a big deal, you know, it's really good. It is. So it was awesome to, to have that. And There'll be many more though. Yeah. I think you have a lot to say, so I'm excited. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm, I'm excited to read some of your stuff. So here's my last question, the grand finale for our podcast time. Again, thank you. Um, you know a lot about my brand, SheVenturesNow.com, where it's an online life and it's, it's an emerging life coaching brand that I've developed to help young millennial uh, professional women um, make quantum leaps in personal change. And one of the things that I've found between resetting your career, building wealth, or even starting a business is that there's a common theme to all of them in all of these changes, and that's lifestyle redesign. One of the things I wanted to ask you in closing is what would you say is the main way you've had to redesign your lifestyle as you started your business? That is very simple. Um, I have made a concentrated effort on pouring into others. Right. And in the midst of not having time between personal life, work life, husband, kids, business, I made myself find the time to pour into others with, you know, even things like our weekly accountability group you mentioned earlier, 
um, being a part of that mastermind and making sure that I'm uh, giving advice or any type of tips or any type of things that I've already been through to the other people that are in there. Um, giving even to my clients. I mean, at one time, I did not even have a free exploratory call to start working with clients. Um, and just doing that, adding a free call to work with them there. And that way, if they cannot afford any type of coaching package, I leave them with suggestions that day that they can walk away with. Absolutely. And start implementing that day. Like, I don't hold back with giving, giving, giving. Um, you and definitely, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Cut no, you off. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say you have such a giving spirit. Like you have, you're definitely a woman of generosity. Like that is without a doubt. Yeah, you know, something that, that had to be, I had to be more strategic about getting it out there and putting it out there because I think I would do it, but I wasn't necessarily, and it's not for attention. I wasn't doing it even in the right places, you know, like I would, give to the homeless person or I give a, you know, it's like stuff that was just random, which I still give to the homeless person, but I really do want to pour into the people that I can't ever get anything back from. Like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. like my client can't give me any sex information back. Like they, they can't do that. I give them this free advice and this free information for them to go forward, even if they can't, can't pay me ever. Um, and to get those emails back to say, oh my God, Devondra, I'm so excited. I'm glad that you gave me this. This is what we've done. Our marriage has gone leaps and bounds. I can't, whenever we can fit it in the budget, we're going to work with you. Like to hear that is awesome. It's awesome because that's what I want. I want to make sure that these marriages are strong. I want to make sure that singles are educated about themselves sexually. And I want to make sure that we are decreasing the sexual ignorance across this country. Man. I'm so grateful for you, Devondra. Thank you. For yeah, it's been a yeah. wonderful, wonderful experience knowing you. Yeah. And even just you answering this last question, may I say, I really appreciate you, you threading out how much you've had to be strategic about how you give. That, that is a, that's a very big deal for me because I come from a place, I come from, with a background of giving, giving, giving as well mm-hmm. to the point where I didn't have any space to create a business because I right. gave so much and I gave so, I gave so indiscriminately. Yes. And I, it's so good to see someone who's like miles ahead of me say, I, I give strategically and I give definitely more to my base. You know right. what I mean? Like, I really right. appreciate hearing that because that's so wise. That's really yeah. wise. So I just appreciate you for making the time and definitely giving more about your expertise, your background, your failure moments. I really feel like a lot of people can learn from you and I I think they can take a lot from this interview too. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate you spending this time with you and I look forward to getting together with you. For sure. That's all I have for you today, friends. If you're interested in leveling up in your career, creativity, or your confidence, schedule a free consultation at SheVenturesNow.com.